0: You're listening to Feed Play Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When it comes to raising a child of the same gender, you can be fairly confident there are some things you will know and understand. Raising a child of the opposite gender can be a bit of a mystery. Sean is the father of twin toddlers, a boy and a girl. He also blogs at Bringing Up Gabies. He's here to talk to us about his thoughts and fears about raising a daughter. Hi, Sean. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Good.
0: Thank you. Did you know that you were having a boy and a girl before they were born?
1: Yes, we did. We are a unique situation. When you go through the IVF process uh, in the United States, you can choose to do a bunch of testing, right? You're like pregenetic. testing. I thought you were going to say
0: you could choose the sex of your babies. I-
1: <gasps> Wait a second, but that is what I'm going to say. Is
0: it? Yes. You could choose the sex of your babies. You can choose the sex of your babies.
1: Because you can do pre-genetic testing if you want to, to decide if, you know, to see if the embryos that you do have um, have a list of things that could potentially be wrong with your children when because we were investing such a sizable chunk of cash to even make this possible for my husband and I we were like what's an additional two thousand dollars going to be and as a part of that process they they do have the ability to tell you the gender so Josh and I my husband had a ton of fights about should we decide should we not should we let it be natural it's not natural we're doing IVF I did not want to have a girl at all. I was like two boys or bust. Like I wanted twin (laughs) boys. And he really thought it was an important part of the human experience to be a parent to a boy and a girl. So we said to the doctor, put the best ones in. And he told us, you know, I'll tell you the two that are the best if you want. It's a boy and a girl, are you know. So do you want to do that? And we said, yes. So we knew we were having a boy and a girl. We didn't know that we were going to have twins. Like we didn't know if they were both going to catch. We didn't know any of that. But if it had worked out, yeah, we knew.
0: So you could have also been parents to just one baby girl.
1: Yeah, 100%. We had to be prepared for that. And I think because I was so afraid and still am afraid of women. (laughs) I was like, maybe we should just put two boys in because, you know, well, be, at least I'll know how to do that. That was my thought process. And
0: so when you, yeah, so I was just about to ask that when you were saying, um, I just want boys, it's because you're like, I'm a boy. I get it. I'll know yeah. what to do.
1: It's interesting. I present quite feminine. It's a huge part of my identity. I grew up dancing. I grew up singing. All of my closest girlfriends from a young age, you know, friends were women. Um, and so you would think that I would, feel confident as a parent to a girl. And now that I have been a parent to a girl, I'm like, got this, like all of your strengths. If you were to ask me outside of parenting what my strengths are, I would say empathy. I would say, you know, social awareness and listening, patience. Those are characteristics that are often slapped on a woman and not a man. But in the moment of, you know, you don't know what parenting is going to be like, I absolutely went straight to milestones in her life. Period. Pregnancy. uh, Tampon usage. uh, Getting ready for proms with dresses. Like all these moments in your head that you think are going to be milestones for her. And I'm sitting there thinking, I actually don't have a lot to give there. Can I be empathetic? Totally. Can I be patient? Definitely. But she's going to turn and look around the house and not see a a female role model. And that was something I was really concerned about. And I think, justifiably.
0: I think. Oh, it's so amazing that you thought that far ahead. I still haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> um, but it is interesting to me that you you had those sort of fears and anxieties about having a girl because when I found out I was having a boy, yeah. it was kind of a similar reaction in a sense that I had a girl, a daughter, at, already, mm. and she was very attached to me. We got each other. We get each other. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what do I, I don't know what to do with a boy. Um, I mean, once they're there, it hardly matters. Sure. But um, let's go to that part about it still being a concern mm. now.
1: Mm.
0: So she's 18 months?
1: She's 21 now. 21
0: months. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Has anything come up in the period since she's been on this world with you that has made you stop and go, okay. Um Definitely. Finding mom. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. She got a UTI when she was like very, very, very young and I didn't know what that was. I had I am homosexual, so I've also just like, not been in long term relationships <laughs> with women. So it was like I was nerve ra- I was nervous. I wanted to treat it seriously. I didn't know if I should be nervous or scared or what. So I absolutely, you know, phoned in all of my resources and did a ton of research and probably got more stressed and anxious than the average woman would who might have had (laughs) a lot in her lifetime. Um, But So that's probably the most recent kind of large milestone moment. But the very first day of her life, she comes to us first immediately. Um, We're in the room with her. We're with the nurses going over like the basic protocol and what's going to happen. And the nurse just like, basically skips over a bunch of important things about how to clean her vagina. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to walk me through this and not just walk me through it. Can you point out the parts of it? (laughs) Like (laughs) you're, it's as if she didn't even think for a second that she would need to explain it because there's always a mother in the room. There's always a mother that's going to be parenting. And And it was so weird for me to go, oh my God, I'm so unprepared for the most basic part of life, like cleaning your body. You know, and so she also said something like, um, and don't worry if there's any blood down there. And I was like, I'm sorry, what are we talking? We're already getting into like a period at day one. (laughs) She's like, it's normal. She's just excreting, blah, blah, blah. But of course, so from that very first day to months in and to the end, there are a lot of things that just catch me off guard that I haven't thought I needed to be prepared for. I watch YouTube videos. This is not a joke. I'm not kidding. For the last month, every day I've watched hair tutorials on how to do my daughter's hair Oh, I love it every that. day because it's not something I know how to do. I've never done it before.
0: I can teach you how to braid.
1: I've been, I That's can do superpower. like a flat, like a normal little three oh, little honey, whatever. I can
0: teach you how to do princess hair okay. plaits.
1: I want it all. Yeah, I can so do I'm that. So I'm really into it right it's now. It's the
0: only thing that I can do well <laughs> as a parent. I can't cook. I'm not very good she at cooking. She doesn't cleaning. even really have
1: hair yet, like not that much, <laughs> and, but I'm ready.
0: You can get there. Hmm. So in terms of you being aware that those are the just the very nature of her gender means Mm. that you haven't experienced it. And so you feel like you might be caught off guard at different points. You just mentioned that you'll go online to work out how to do her hair. Yeah. Do you have any other support of parents in the same age group with girls Mm. that you feel like you can call on?
1: Totally. Um, Our like closest couple friends, there's two of them. Um, One of them has a daughter and I absolutely feel like in the future as we get closer that I'll will kind of rely on her. Um my mother and my sister are incredibly important figures in my life and in the children's lives. We talk to them quite frequently. I talk to my mother multiple times a week, and she Skypes with the kids multiple times a week. And so my hope is as those questions and problems come up, that at some age, Stella will want to just confide in them. And I'm more than happy to kind of take a backseat and put my hands up. I don't need to be in everything. I'm not one of those gay people who's standing up and saying, it is 100% possible with no female role model like men all the way. absolutely not like i understand the importance of them stella specifically and cooper having a female role model in their lives that they can kind of bounce things off of i feel like i can give a lot and a part of that giving is providing additional resources also um josh's mother lives here too lives in sydney and they have a relationship and so my hope is she'll get to kind of she will have those moments she'll have those people and if not I'm going to raise her in a way I'm raising her in a way now that she'll feel comfortable coming to me and saying, I don't feel comfortable talking to you about this, or I want additional support. And I'm like not going to lose sleep over that, like whatever I need to do. And the same for Cooper. I'm not a masculine man, right? I'm not the traditional male figure. So I don't, I'm not the perfect fit from what society has deemed is critical for our children, you know, to be successful humans. So it's not like I, I lose more sleep over not being able to throw a football to him than I, f- than I lose sleep over not being able to do her hair, right? You right. Know? So,
0: That's so you can't win. <laughs> <No, laughs> Damn if you do, damned exactly. if you do Exactly. That sounds like parenting to a T. Mm. Um, what about, um, I know I have this concern having a daughter and I'm a woman, um, the influence of social media, the mm. pressure to have a beautiful body and conform. In some ways, I feel like media has moved to a place where women are even more objectified than when I was growing up. Sure. The 90s. Yeah, yeah Women yeah. wore converse shoes and t-shirts and jeans to parties. You know, it's quite, mm. quite different, it feels like. Of course. Do you have those concerns about raising a daughter in the media landscape we have now?
1: Totally. I mean, I've worked in social media for the last decade, so it's something I think a lot about. Um, what's really exciting when you look into the research of the younger generations, the, you know, the, the last three to have been born, is that they are showing signs of really taking a step in a very different direction. Um, some of the young the youth of our country are passionate about getting outside more by choice, uh, more interested in hands-on involvement in the home, kitchen, cleaning, cooking. Um, And there is a huge spike as is kind of prevalent politically in young people standing up for their own voice. And Yes, that's a direct reflection of being raised by generations of people who are teaching their children to stand up and have a voice. And I think a part of that is makeup. Like, there are so many beautiful campaigns for every Victoria's Secret, unrealistic fashion, you know, show you watch. There are just as many beautiful adverts going out on radio, television, and in social media that shows just a real person, man or woman, with no makeup and a beautiful full-figured body. And I think it's just up to me as a parent to kind of show all of that not to hide the Victoria's Secret body. There's actually nothing wrong with wanting to look like that or to be proud of looking like that. As long as we're able to kind of say, this is the world that we live in. People come in all shapes and sizes, colors, sexualities, and genders. And to make sure she feels confident and comfortable specifically talking to me about how she feels about her body like that's my only goal i'm not really concerned about what others put out there in the world because my focus is on making sure she knows how to digest that she knows how to articulate her reaction to that that's my focus
0: honestly your children are gonna be so (laughs) well-rounded maybe your children can counsel my children when my children are messed up oh you can pay me to do it can i done such a good idea what's your favorite thing about having a girl
1: I mean, it's so funny. Everything. It's like, I was so afraid for so long and now I'm just realizing I like my entire being has been... Pre- I've been preparing to have a daughter. Um, I really do like the fact that I have tried desperately to not present gender to them. Like, I don't buy girl things and guy things. When they were younger, I didn't go out and, you know, purposely get the pretty pink tutu with the... Barbies all over it or whatever. I like really tried to just let her discover things on her own and then Cooper. And I have just really enjoyed how obsessed she is with dressing up and how obsessed and drawn she is to dolls and how, how girly she is. Like there's something so weird for so long. I was advocating for like, don't, you know, put gender conformity onto my children at this young age, like allow them to find gender for themselves. She really in the store this weekend, runs to the girls section and just starts pulling tutus off <laughs> and like laying on the ground with them. And it's just something nice about me being able to connect with her and allow those fantasies those things that would traditionally be shared between a mom and a daughter like i'm having the same moments and i'm allowing her to do that and i enjoy doing her hair in the morning and i enjoy getting her cute necklaces and little dresses it's fun it is like so much fun so i'm a walking contradiction but (laughs) because she's made the decision on her own i feel really excited about like allowing her to explore her femininity
0: I love it. Sean, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. That's Sean Zepps. He's a father of twin toddlers and blogs at Bringing Up Gabies. We'll put a link to his fabulous website in the notes of this episode. Next on Feed Play Love, a club that's all about women gathering and telling personal stories. I think there is a great craving for that deeper connection. So, you know, it is like the Facebook friend people, you know, are you really friends? Whereas when you sit down and listen to stories, it can be a group that knows each other, but doesn't. That's that's the the key to it, isn't it? That's Kerry Q, co-author of the Sunday Story Club. She's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love, talking about why she and co-author Doris Brett started salons in Melbourne and why everyone should do it. Debbie Ning is our producer and I'm your host Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.